lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. He just got back to me. Says he needs a link. Sent him one, but I'll make sure it's got uh, Our bad. You guys don't care. We're trying to make things happen here at the last minute, so forgive us. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's uh, how you can let us know what you think about what we think. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Just look for Steve Dace there. And then you can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and over on Getter. And then, of course, you can get clips of the program that are free to watch and then free of censorship when you head over to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, that is rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. By the way, you know, you look at the sweatshirt that Aaron is wearing here yeah. today. And we are we are wearing Blaze and Show Swag all the time. I should mention this more often. You guys can buy this stuff. Okay. I mean, we... It's not just for, you know, um, the fancy people here on the platform, all right? It's for you little people as well. How's that? Is that an okay sales pitch? Should, should we go Welcome with that slogan? Welcome to the weekend, everybody. It, it's, for, it's for you little people too? Is that, do you think that's effective? Or I mean, I'm trying to relate. How is that? Good? No? The Jen Psaki School of Charm? <laughs> so yes, little people. Um, or should we say the people that are the reason we have any of our jobs? So we're the little people here. All right. If you like some of the Blaze stuff, uh, the Steve Day Show stuff or the Blaze stuff that we uh, wear on this show every now and then, uh, you can take advantage of it. Shop.blazemedia.com. That's shop.blazemedia.com. And you get a discount with Dace 10. They'll give you 10% off. My last name. D-E-A-C-E for Dace 10, 10% off at shop.blazemedia.com blazemedia.com you can go over there and shop uh for blaze tv blaze media swag today if you would like to do that uh we are joined for the dace group this week by comedian tim young so we're looking forward to that next hour we will have feedback friday this is when we will respond to your responses to us but we begin as we always do like i just said with the dace group Your weekly look at the week that was. Uh, by the way, I've never said this to you, Tim. I love the no stuff. I love that. Okay. Hey, you should buy merch. I know you were just pitching merch. You got to buy some of my merch. I, I, you know what? Yeah, I do. I, I do need to get a shirt. If there's any shirt that Steve Day should wear, it's a shirt that just says no. I'll send you one. Listen, here's the other thing, too. The difference between me and, say, like another Tim who does a thing and always wears a hat. I have hair on my head underneath of my hat. Just wanted to point that out. Because there's been a whole thing about somebody, I don't know who it is, wears a beanie all the time. He looks like a pack of Newports when he takes it off. But I have hair. (laughs) And we're off. Let us begin with issue one. Bleep, Lord Nefarious says. It's like, I love Disney's content. I grew up watching, you know, all of the classics. They have been a huge 
like informative part of my life but at the same time like i worked at small studios most of my career and i'd heard you know you hear whispers like I'd, i'd heard things like oh you know they won't let you show this at a disney show and i'm like okay so i was a little like sus when i started and but then my experience was bafflingly the opposite of what I had heard on my little pocket of like, you know, proud family, Disney TVA. Um, the showrunners were super welcoming Meredith Roberts and like the, the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my, like not at all secret gay agenda. Good morning, Governor DeSantis. Ron here. Um, don't say gay. Don't say as the first two words in a sentence spoken by a political leader of a state in the United States of America. Don't say. Don't say, you Nazi pig. Say. First Amendment. Read about it. Then run for office. You piece of Last summer, we, we removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our life skills. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we, we've trained, we, we've provided training for all of our, our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. I happen to feel, and I tweeted a, an opinion about the don't say gay bill in Florida. To me, it wasn't politics. It was what is right and what is wrong. And that just seemed wrong. It seemed potentially harmful to kids. That's what we do as educators. We build relationships with our kids. And in order to build relationships, you talk about your home life. You talk about what you do on the weekends. That's building community. I It scares me death that I am not going to be able to have these conversations with my children because they're going to ask me what I did on the weekend. I don't want to have to hide that my partner and I went paddleboarding this weekend. Hi there, Governor Kate Brown here. In Oregon, we say gay. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. Jill, Kamala, Doug, our entire administration sees you for who you are, made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. And the title of this session, are we ready for a new world order? We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems, and supply chains will be deeply affected. There might have been so many people out here. I want everybody to go home. And I want... We don't got no home. That's why we're here. Miss Mac, let me talk. Yeah. Where'd it go that? <laughs> nice Alabama leprechaun poll. Dude, again, Todd arrives strong on a Friday. I like that. By the way, isn't old Klaus basically every Saturday morning cartoon villain we yeah. ever watched growing up our entire lives? He's okay. the dude who took over the computers in the Winter Soldier. Yes. Yes. You're talking about uh the Mo- the 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 Modoc. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um or not Modoc. Yeah, Modoc. Anyway enough nerding out let's get to the subject matter at hand tim you get to go first what was the worst of the worst that you saw just now 
That's a that's a tough one, actually. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Why are we pretending that Disney hasn't been gay for years? I mean, like, come on, man. Like, like from the from the beginning, like when you're a little kid, you look back at all of like the little fairy tale things and stuff that they did. Like now they're just openly saying it. But I, I think that's going to be the worst one just because of their reach. Um, I mean, Maxine Waters is Maxine Waters. You can see that coming. But there's nothing shocking about this like gay agenda stuff coming from Disney for me. It's just it's just disgusting that they're openly saying it now. Somewhere, whoever was in charge of the Southern Baptist Convention in the 1990s, who was pilloried and and panned for making these kinds of statements and uh, and communicating these kinds of fears is like, I told you, I told you so. Yes. All right, Todd, what say you? The funny thing about that, Tim, is uh, back when I was a reporter at the Des Moines Register, I uh, did a story uh, that led me to interviewing a student at Grinnell University, which is probably the most progressive liberal university in the entire state. And she was doing her graduation thesis on racism, sexism, and homophobia in Disney movies. What? Yeah, back then. Now this is, I I probably did this story 12, 13, 14 years ago now. So that, that, yes, this is. Did she go over any material that was made prior to 1975? You know, I've watched Washed a lot of this from my memory banks. I, okay. I, I did. I thought I deserved a Pulitzer, not for laughing out loud in her face when she was telling me this. Uh, but now here we are, swinging all the way to the other side. Where you say, like, is anybody surprised by this? But listen, it, it's a combination of Disney, which is you know Saturday Americana personified, and the pre- Catholic president of the United States simultaneously like bleeding out of their ears. For trans, in a way similar in terms of energy, sense of purpose, like this is uh, the '60s and Martin Luther King. This this is their "I Have a Dream" speech for this, <laughs> and, and it is so preposterously decadent and heinous. That, again, this is a, what they want is the bodily altering and chemically castrating of very, very young children, grooming them to be the mindless zombie robots, if not for overt sexual purposes, to so emotionally, sexually, and psychologically damage them that they are basically programmed so that they can order 66 them anytime they want to. Mm -hmm. That's what is going on here, and it is appalling. And within that vein, I simply need to say, when that teacher says, I'm really, really sad because I won't be able to talk with my kindergartners about paddleboarding, we all know that paddleboarding is code for something and it ain't paddleboarding. Aaron, how the hell am I supposed to follow that up? <laughs> Honestly, speaking of Order 66, Oregon Governor Kate Brown, she's on a list of, well, a long list, but a list, um, she's she's near the, the, the top of the list, along with Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers, of people just looking at them, uh, appearing to have no problem if the time came to signing my death warrant. And it'd be for my own good yes, as well. Yes, for your own good, of course. Yes. Um, in or- in Oregon, we say gay. I, 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 I cannot, I, I, I'm not surprised, but I'm still 
unable to fathom how deeply, deeply programmed these people are. You put that together with Ron Perlman. There's nowhere in the bill, as I'm aware, that mentions... 1,400 words. It's not 14, that long of a bill. It's not that long of a... Nowhere no. does it say anything about <clears throat> gay. I, I just... The programming is deep. As Todd said, the goal here is to program everyone, everyone within their spheres of influence, to being able to execute Order 66 whenever they damn well feel like it. And guys, is this the first... Is this the first rainbow jihad uh, or victory against the rainbow jihad that we've had since Obergefell or even before? Their first L? Yeah. Might be their first L. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk more about and that it, here in just a second because that's the next true. issue too. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Pardon me. On it, let's get to the exit question. On a scale of one to 10, with one being the odds, you'd be safe riding with Joe Biden behind the wheel. And 10 being the odds, Lindsey Graham will make sure he's practicing safe riding this weekend. Rate this week's level of total depravity, Todd. 10. Tim. Uh, I'm going to go Ladybugs 10. Uh, 10. <laughs> Aaron. 10. 10. All right, let's get to issue two. Okay, groomer. All Ron DeSantis does is win. We will continue to recognize that in the state of Florida, parents have a fundamental role in the education, health care, and well-being of their children. We will not move from that. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Here I stand. I'm not backing down. Despite another false narrative crafted by multiple sectors of the system, Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature defeated the child sex groomers this week, signing a bill into law which prohibits teaching grade schoolers about gender ideology. The response from the left was typical. Don't say gay. Don't say you Nazi pig. It's like I love Disney's content. I grew up watching, you know, all of the classics, Meredith Roberts, and like the, the our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda it scares me to death that i'm not going to be able to have these conversations with my children because they're going to ask me what i did on the weekend i don't want to have to hide that my partner and i went paddle boarding this weekend so we have discussed this issue within the moment pretty in depth already this week but it is i think the biggest political fight happening in the country right now and I think it's also the most um, instructive one, the most teachable moment. So, and, and the question you asked a minute ago, Aaron, is this the first L the Rainbow Jihad has taken in recent times? I, I think it would be constructive for us to take a step back and discuss this issue from a meta level. Okay? Because I agree with what you said too, Todd. This is just an archetype. Right? They just want to be able to groom you on race. It, it, it's, this is just CRTV with, with, with just a behavior instead of something, um, a, a race that you're intrinsically born with. I mean, this is the MO, the ability to, on a whim, be able to you know, snap a finger and have you spouting their slogans and following their meanderings like a lemming, at, regardless of whether the issue is climate, race, healthcare, anything, right? Mm -hmm. I agree with that. All right. So let's take a step back and look at this from a meta level. And this time, Aaron, I'll do you a favor by going to you first. Okay. This entire controversy, what does it tell us about the players here? De DeSantis, the Democrats, Disney, Hollywood, the schools, etc. 
So let's look at it from a from a 10,000 foot view here. What have we learned about the players involved? Let's start with Ron DeSantis, shall we? Ron DeSantis is one of hopefully and I am hopeful a growing list of players in politics. I would put Chris Rufo uh, on that list, you know, although he's not a he's not uh, an elected leader. He's the CRT guy. He's the CRT guy. Yeah. The, the, the dude is just relentless. Uh, and some others as well. Ron Johnson on, um, you know, COVID, that type of thing. Senator Ron Johnson of people who know what the hell time it is. People who understand what days we're living in, what the enemy is, what they're trying to do and are doing a damn thing about it. I think that's the key thing to understand here. It's not just it's not just I'm passing this so I can bone up my bona fide. I don't get that sense. Maybe that is. Maybe he is just craven. Maybe Ron DeSantis is just craven. I'll I'll settle for that if he keeps giving me wins like this. Maybe he's craven, but it sure, sure does seem to me by the fact that he is looking for fights to pick with the left. He understands what time it is. He understands that cultural Marxists have have marched their way through the institutions. What it says to me about the other side, though, they are deathly afraid. They still have 100% control, as was witnessed with Disney this week. They still have 100% control of all of the institutions, but they pushed in so many chips. See, this is what makes this victory different. You know, there there have been marriage amendments passed that were ultimately, um, uh, I don't even, I don't can't call them undone because Obergefell was just a blog post. But whatever the effect was that they were undone. I can't recall in my adult lifetime going up, picking a fight with the Rainbow Jihad, then putting in, pushing in nationally a lot of their chips and say, and, and still, and still. Just like DeSantis said, here I stand, I'm not backing down. I cannot recall another fight like this where that happened. Maybe the last time, maybe the last time, I don't re- remember so much, I was a lot younger then, the, the, the ouster of the three judges here in Iowa. I don't know if that got as much national attention. Did it get as much national attention as no. this did? No, um, This is significant. Significant because it was a true dressing down on a national level of one of the most powerful um, political interests in this country. And I think I think even though they're still in control of all the institutions, I think between that and the CRT stuff, they're starting to sweat just a little bit. I've got to believe particularly a lot of the pre Trump GOP consultancy in this party heads have to be exploding right now because of what you just said. Ron DeSantis not only went to the mattresses on a culture war issue, but then also is now threatening Disney as a corporation. It has a self-governing charter in the state. It, it's kind of a mini version of a Vatican City within you know Italy's sovereignty. It, it, it operates with a lot of independence from the rest of uh, the rest of the state of Florida. He's now threatening that. I mean, so we're not only going to smash the shibboleth of the damned here, but now we're going to we're going to disrupt or threaten to disrupt the cozy relationship between corporatists and the Republican Party mainstream. I mean, pre-Trump, they might have they might have taken you behind a water tower. And, and, and gotten you lost, if you know what I'm saying. If you'd have, if you'd have tried this pre-Trump. But now, you know, I, the, clearly the, the rules of engagement here post-Trump, and he gets some credit for it, 
Clearly, the rules of engagement here have changed. And Ron DeSantis, on some level, has decided, and I'm going to be the John Wayne of this story. All right. So what about the other players here? What has this saga told us about them, Todd? Well, there is a clip going around. I know, Steve, you commented on it. It, it. It's an old clip. I remember seeing it a long time ago. But for some reason, it's back. It's this woman on an airplane, and she starts ripping on this kid who's wearing an, a Trump oh, shirt. Yeah, yeah. And she is asked to leave the plane. This is clearly before COVID and before uh, masks. Uh, and her, she says she's going to a funeral. Her eunuch husband is just exhausted and and be- almost like begging and pleading, please forgive her. Right? Uh, but she's asked to leave. But the, here's the thing. This is, a again, on a plane where you're not allowed uh, to uh, mess around with this kind of stuff uh, in, in general. But her hatred is such that it just can't be stopped. That's what you need to know about when see, the Democrats, Disney, Hollywood schools. It, it, there's no discussion to be had. They hate the good. They hate the true. They hate the beautiful, and they hate you if you espouse any of it. It's There's no discussion to be had. They hate it. This is a war. You must, must, must understand it. And that's why Ron DeSantis understands what time it is. He's just going to beat you. He's not going to hold your hand. He's not going to stroke your hair. He's just going to kick your ass because you deserve it and you're that dangerous. Tim. You guys are so serious. Uh, You know, I I think what what I learned about the left through all of this and what I've learned uh, over the last two years is that uh, the people who are making the most noise and the people who the left kowtows to and and has uh, carrying their message look like me and Steve with purple hair and that bull nose ring and they're women. Um, And, you know, I just why they were ever given credence, why they were ever given value in our society when they're worthless other than their mouths screaming makes no sense to me. And I think that with DeSantis, I mean, Trump kind of started it, but he, he just wouldn't shut up. Less is always more. And DeSantis understands that. I think what DeSantis is doing is he's emboldening people. And I always remind people what these people are that are setting up these 54 genders and saying that you can be fluid on everything and whatever. And they want to share their sexuality with people. They're worthless people who no one would listen to if you met them in person. Unless they screw up your coffee drink, you're not paying attention to these people. So when you realize who they are and what they're doing, I mean, look at all these teachers on the, the TikToks, right? And like that little weenie guy who's like, I want to talk about me and my, my guy going paddleboarding or whatever. Listen, you're worthless. If you have to tell a child what your, what your relationship is like, you're a worthless human. And, and that's the way we need to treat these people. They are worthless people and they deserve no credence in our society. I, uh, then we need to be honest with ourselves. How did they gain so much political clout social media it's social media it was you know one of the first times i came on here uh, i felt like i was really significant when i said it was the the world of social media and being able to get likes for victimhood and uh the the rewarding i i wrote an article last week in the washington times not to plug myself um which a lot of these people do in a different way oh, believe right? me the audience this audience is completely offended at uh, at self-promotion they can't stand it go ahead <laughs> but but you know it's participation trophies turned into rewarding the uh the unremarkable so you can go online and be like, oh, I have these pronouns and I came out. Nobody gives a crap if you come out. Honestly, no one ever gave a crap if you came out. Nobody cares now. 
And these things are rewarded online. And when social media has become such a driving factor in the Democrat uh, policy making in, in Washington, D.C., and their little, uh, I'll call it a circle jerk, uh, it's it, that's where their value has increased. These people, again, without social media, without the Internet for them to connect and, you know, all be weirdos together and get this weird Karen liking for their nonsense and worthlessness, then they wouldn't be a factor. I think you're exactly right in your diagnosis, Tim. I think, though, that could be bad news for us because, you know, I was having a conversation with um, one of our colleagues here um, in in conservative media this morning. And we were, he was bringing up to me, why don't they, the other side has all the same polling data we do. They, they, they they, 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 they're not dumb. Why don't they just, why don't they just drill for oil and then like use all the media that they have at their disposal to lie to us that they never were against it? That's what that's what we used to do around here, right? Bill Clinton used to pretend to be liberal for like a year, get his ass kicked in a midterm, move way to the right, go back to be left wing again, get his ass kicked in the next midterm and then give a speech. The era of big government is over, sign the Defense of Marriage Act, the crime bill and balanced budgets. That, that's what that's how this thing used to work. And it worked great. It was frustrating, but it produced one hell of a country for a long time. They just lied to us you know what i'm saying they maybe really believe this stuff then realize they're going to get their freaking asses kicked if they do it so then they would move away triangulate pretend to be to the right of us right it was our lament and frustration but they don't do that anymore and i think it's because tim what you just diagnosed is a cult-like is, is a is a political party that is cult-like. This is for affirmation, for groupthink, for belonging. It's my church. It's my religious experience. It's my pilgrimage. It's my validation. And and validation is more powerful than your latest approval rating and polling data. And if that is the case, what it will take to uproot this is a level of confrontational culture war that I'm not sure a lot of the people that we're going to go vote for in November to kick the Democrats out, frankly, have the balls in the stomach for, guys. Yeah. All right? I think that's why there's so much attraction to the guy in Florida, is he seems to thrive in this habitat and environment. He seems to look for it. Okay? But I, you think John Cornyn, Mitch McConnell, those guys got into <laughs> politics for this stuff? That's not. They didn't get into politics for this kind of conversation. Right? You, you just described what happened in that second Wonder Woman movie. What was his name? Gold? Or the, he... he Twitter made all of these wishes come true. Right. What's his name? Uh, Lord. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Lord. That which is perfect. He made all of these wishes come true. And in a very quick period of time, they grew exponentially and created an unsustainable amount of nonsense. Because what people think their wishes are are often just plain nonsense. Because our human nature is not basically exactly. Yeah. So this is not, it's, it's, it's way worse. It started where you're talking about, Tim, but it can't just, it either has to stop altogether or it needs to be killed. It needs to be stopped. Yeah. 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 Exit question. If what this moment means to the eventual outcome of the culture war were a Led Zeppelin song, which Led Zeppelin song would it be? A, Stairway to Heaven. B, Achilles' Last Stand. C, Fool in the Rain. Or D, In My Time of Dying. And you may interpret each of those four for your answer uh, however you wish. Aaron. What, what was A again? Could you repeat that? Stairway to Heaven. Oh, man. 
I'm still going D in my time of dying. Why is that your answer? Because I still think it's, I mean, our culture is too far gone. But I want to be wrong. Okay. Todd. It feels like Achilles' last stand. Who's Achilles? Them or us? I think, uh, oh no, we we are American greatness, Western civilization, the, okay. the per- plan and purpose of the Declaration of Independence. Okay. So you think, do you see that as um, Alamo last stand or Blaze of Glory last stand? How do you see that last stand? Well, I don't, that's the thing of a, like, it can go either way. It can go I, either way. I, I don't know. Okay. Tim, what say you? God, you guys are so serious and downers all the time. <laughs> Why is everything going to end? Jeez. I mean, it's good for business, right? You get more viewers if they, everything's the worst. I think it's full in the rain. I think we turn this around and we end up becoming much more of a conservative country than you could have ever imagined. Because we are now confronting this level of foolishness and it's out in the and open, parents, for example. Dude, when, they, when they mess with parents, what you saw in Virginia, that, that yep. massive flip in Virginia, yep. I think it's coming. I think it's parents. And I think that the left should be very fortunate that these parents haven't gotten violent. And uh, if on if that last part, you're, I agree right, with you. Yeah. If there weren't the morals on the right that we have and the calmness that we have, if, if we behave the way the left does, uh, this whole country would be on fire and that would have been a real insurrection. See, I think you and you, all three of you are right. Okay. Because I, to me, I would be much more optimistic if we would, if we were doing now, if we were doing this or what we're doing now, if we were doing it 10 years ago, that is my fear. Because I agree with you, Tim. We finally have the right instincts here. My fear is is it took too long and it's too embedded. And I think that's what Todd and Aaron are kind of speaking to as well. We'll come back more of the Dace Group here in just a moment. Well, if you work at T-Mobile... Tomorrow could suck for you, according to a recent Reuters story. If you are not fully poisoned, uh, jabbed by tomorrow and you work at T-Mobile, um, you're kicked to the curb. Uh, they're, they're firing you uh, for, for that. That's just another reminder why we left T-Mobile last fall. We were customers there for about 20 years. It's the only company I've ever had a cell phone or mobile phone through. And I just got tired of reading, you know, reading and listening to my own ads for Patreon Mobile, and realized, you know, maybe I should take my own advice. What do you think? Do that every now and then. A little self awareness does the body good, right? Certainly yeah. the soul. So last fall, we made the switch over to Patriot Mobile. I mean, we just put it off because we thought it would be a huge hassle. They made the switch seamless. They did a great job. We even upgraded our phones uh, in the process. We have virtually the same coverage that we had before because everybody uses the same towers these days. So if you want to, if you're looking for areas, because there's not a lot, unfortunately, uh, especially when you're dealing with major corporations, there's just not a lot of options to not give money to people that at least uh, barely tolerate you, if not hate you. One area that we can do that, though, is with a mobile phone. You can do it right now with Patriot Mobile. When you go to make the switch, let them know. If you're a veteran first responder, they'll give extra benefits and discounts to you as a way of saying thanks for your service. For the rest of us, they've got specials going on all the time. Right now, you can get a free activation when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Or give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. 
We welcome back in comedian Tim Young, our guest here this week on The Day's Group, who is lamenting how serious we are. And we, we realize that we are a bunch of Bible moths here, like the Foo Fighters song, just sitting around waiting on a war. That's why we thought, hey, let's put a comedian on the round table this week so it's not as serious. That's why you're here, dude, because we are too serious. Okay. By the way, Steve, uh, talking about being here, I finally got a call from my uh, my friend Ricky in the executive offices for The Blaze, and they're hiring me to have my own show finally at The Blaze. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, is that a troll? It's April oh, Fool's April Day. First. Oh, April Fool's. <laughs> nice. Okay. You got so excited for a second. I did. I did. They hate me. They okay. hate me. You're okay. lucky you haven't gotten a phone call. Anyway, hi. Thanks for having me. We like having you here. Um, issue three. What is the Ukraine endgame? Let he who has not thought deeply about making the switch to green energy in the middle of a hot war in your homeland cast the first stone. That's Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky bizarrely calling for the West to go green in an effort to hurt Russia. Quote, Russia's aggression against Ukraine is an argument to accelerate green transformation on the continent. Europe must give up Russian oil, give up as soon as possible, end quote. Well, it's only bizarre if you think Zelensky isn't a puppet of the Great Reset Cabal and this flap in Ukraine isn't some sort of globalist push for a Green New Deal. Well, that was on, that was just a tad cynical. So let's get to the first question. All right. What what is the end game here? I mean, I, I, on a given day, I'm fairly well informed. OK, on a given day, man, I can't confirm whether the Ukrainians and Russians are talking or not. Do you guys know? I, I mean, my. Our media has has had me convinced for two weeks that Vladimir Putin's generals have completely ejected on him. Everyone there is embarrassed. They cannot believe they've miscalculated the strength of the Ukrainian native forces. And yesterday I just tuned and watched a clip of Putin saying, and if you don't buy our oil in our own currency, we'll just stop selling it to you and let you starve. That that didn't strike me as a guy who was, you know, on the brink of losing his regime. Okay, I I don't know what the truth is, so therefore I don't even know what the end game is. What is the end game here, Todd? And and what would that end game tell us about each of the parties involved? Well, first and foremost, this end game is whatever Vladimir Putin wants it to be. Unless and until I, the only way out of that scenario, as I see it, I'm not advocating i'm simply just calling it like i see it is if there's enough uh, interest in going to the mattresses to the point that vladimir putin is assassinated uh, other than that he's so this go- is an existential level event for yeah. vladimir putin is what you're yeah, saying he's not he's okay. going to do what he wants to do now this can that can be a win-win it, not for uh, the actor slash president Zelensky there I mean he and his people in that country are gonna get rolled and he in particular uh seems increasingly uh like a pawn in a larger game for the uh, world economic forum the great reset etc that it can, this can be win-win for Putin and the enemies of Putin. The, the, the world, the, the Great Reset people hate that Big Baddie Putin won't play their game, but he's also a perfect foil to do the things that they want to do. 
for him. So they can they can make this go on for a while and gain the things that they need to gain to ultimately, if not defeat him, but he's, I mean, how old is Vladimir Putin? He's 68, around, I believe. Okay, so he, 68 or 69. He, he, it may not happen within the next 10 years, but to guarantee that there's not a next Vladimir Putin. So that could be win-win on it, but in terms of the end game for Zelensky and the poor people of uh, Ukraine, it's just it's just game over. It's a hot mess. They're just pawns, is what you're saying. Yes. And you believe they're pawns in a larger yes uh, play here, okay, Aaron? That was some of the best analysis that I've heard uh, so far, Todd. Um, Thank you. Because I, I think. I think you're absolutely right because I mean, isn't this the game that the devil tries to play? No matter the, the false binary choice, no matter which option you choose, it's yeah, the still worth the exactly. Catch twenty two. Precisely. Whereas Bart Simpson eloquently put it once: "Damned if you do, and damned if you don't." Yeah. 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 So you know, Russia, Russia is still the, the the large, the the last maybe remaining large power outside of China that still believes, at least its leadership does, that it has some sort of nationalistic identity, some sort of national destiny that uh, that they still have claim and have uh, it laid claim to lands that are maybe outside of their control or have some designs for their country that are, are not realized, and that's what they're trying to accomplish. That doesn't fit in with Klaus Schwab's goal of globalization, of flipping everything and mass control over everything by a few fascist corporations. That doesn't fit in with that goal. So, of course, they're at odds with each other, and that doesn't make Russia the good guy, and that doesn't make the Great Reset cabal the good guys here. But as Todd said, yeah, they hate Russia, but hey, if they can use this to cloud piven the global economy to build something uh, back, build back better uh, in their own image, they'll use this opportunity to do that. If this means ushering in the Green New Deal, which, uh, you know, I kind of repeat myself, they'll use this opportunity. It's heads I win, tails you lose. That's that's the deal. That's what we're dealing with right here. I, I think it remains to be seen. I think Germany this week and saying, okay, yeah, we'll play along with your game, uh, Russia, and we'll keep buying your gas. I, I think that may be an early indication that some of those goals, like what whatever it is, great reset of the uh, economy or Green New Deal, kind of the same thing. They may have overplayed their hand here just a little bit because the the, the immediate political realities are are um, are encroaching upon those. But on the other hand, I also see Joe Biden releasing a million barrels of oil from the strategic petroleum uh, reserves per day while shutting off offshore drilling permits. I think they're just trying to slow play this as much as they can and get us used to the chaos, Mm. get us used to the chaos so that eventually, you know, they can they can do what they would like. But who knows? I think I think right now, I think right now, if you put a gun to my head, I think the Great Reset Cabal is starting to realize slowly that they may have tried to overplay their hand. By the way, that a million barrels a day, I think it's 5% yeah. of what we were utilizing per day on average in a, in a given year, pre-COVID lockdowns, 5%. Tim, what do you think? Uh, I think both uh, Todd and Aaron nailed it. Uh, so it's, it's a combo of either trying to go with a full uh, world currency, a digital currency, and trying to eliminate fossil fuels and enrich the folks who are in this uh, the clean energy industry and the climate change grift. That that just I think they're just throwing everything at the wall and they're seeing what sticks at this point. But they know that they've lost the totalitarian thing when there were thousands of people protesting in streets, which they had to cover up for over and over again during COVID lockdowns in a lot of European countries. I think 
again, uh, a lot of these folks realize how lucky they are that the people protesting were peaceful and didn't go crazy and take over their own governments. Um, so I, I think that's what they're teetering on, and they'll just take what they can get at this point, and they're going to push as far as they can until this flips on them. So if you guys are right, and I'm not saying you're not, because I, I, I mean, it's as plausible of a of a hypothesis slash theory as I've heard now, what, four weeks into this, okay? If it, if if we agree or stipulate, as you said, Todd, and as I've said in in another context previously, this is a this is an ex this is a, a pass fail exercise for Vladimir Putin. He oversees a thugocracy. He's the chief thug. If he he cannot take an L, if he takes an L here, if he retreats with his tail between his legs, he he, he he's the horse's head you know, seen in the Godfather, except it's his head. I mean, and, and some other thug decides that that's their bedroom in the, in the Kremlin. Now we, we stipulate to that, right? Yes. So if, if that's what the West intends for the end game to be here or the W or the world economic for, uh, forum crowd and Vladimir Putin is just simply not playing any game other than I win. I have to come away here from a W no matter what, then reconcile those two realities for me. Uh, well, we live in a world where, as we talked about yesterday, and Aaron emphasized what I regularly emphasize, reality, destroying reality is the point, therefore. So th- th- there's th- there's all kinds of levels of chaos. But, but in the West, both sides, for the most part, I mean, listen, guys, Fox just signed someone who out of 13 million votes for the California recall governor last mm-hmm. year got just yeah. over 75,000. And that's with all kinds of free publicity from Fox, mainly Sean Hannity, mm-hmm. but Newsmax as well. And that's Bruce Jenner. Yeah. They, they just signed him to be a contributor. There's no way he, he, there were 12 other candidates that got more votes than Bruce Jenner did in California. There's no way if he didn't have an obvious psychosis, he would be their contributor, right? Mm-hmm. So we're in a situation where the the elites in the West on either side, they they are they they're, they both believe to some degree they can remake reality or ignore it. The other guy over there in Moscow is not playing that game. His game is I am reality. I mean, you see what I'm saying? So one yeah, guy's but- like, I'm reality and I'm not changing. And the other side's like, well, what about our hashtags? You know, what about what about our purple haired, you know, and what about, uh, you know, you see in our green climate deal initiative. And the other guy's like, I don't I have no idea what language you're spoke, the, you're speaking here, the, but I'm Attila the Hun here. How does that end? The same thing was true when you were diagnosing not very long ago about how the Democrats kept losing seats in state, local, federal election, but they weren't losing the energy of their issues. They, they've been doing this, this fight against reality for decades upon but decades. But until recently, we lost our will to go to the end with them. This guy has, that doesn't have that. But they're they're also, up against like an said, opponent now that has no interest just, in that. He se- wants to control the reality that he, exists, not rewrite it. He's 70, he's not 40. They, they so got their goal, So Okay, okay, I, and I would buy that. So their goal then is just to stretch this out now yeah. so it goes on in an indefinite period of time. Yeah, they can ride this out. Okay, and, that no, and, and Putin just lets them do that. At no point he just says, switch, let's mushroom cloud this SOB oh, well. and be done with it. Because that's the rule. Okay. those are the rules I play by. Oh, Maybe. I think I think this I think this I've said this before. I think this ends some, one way or another, whenever that ending is with Kiev getting Aleppo, whether it's by nuclear bomb or by weeks of bombardment. All right, let's get to the exit question If the ultimate outcome of Vladimir Zelensky 
were a Foo Fighters song, which Foo Fighters song would it be? A, The Pretender, he's a fraud. B, My Hero, he becomes the Ukrainian Eisenhower. C, Big Me, he becomes a Western media celebrity after Ukraine falls. Or D, All Stick Around, he and Ukraine survive somehow as a sovereign nation. Aaron. C, he's going to enjoy his time in Florida. What do you think, Tim? He's going to enjoy his time in Florida. And where do you think he'll end up? CNN or do you think he'll be bigger than that, like an ABC? Well, the question is, can they can can Putin end this in time for him to be Jen Psaki's first guest on her new MSNBC show in May? I think that's the, the question that we're digging down here for. Todd? C, and they're going to reboot uh, Bosom Buddies with him and with Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, gosh. Where does where does Caitlyn sit on Outnumbered? Kind of near the middle? <laughs> now I can see why I'm blackballed over there at Fox. <laughs> But I'm bum. I'm here all week. Try the veal. Anyway. All right. Let's get to the very quickly kicker question. It has to be a very quick answer to fit it in. If you could change one regime in the world, which one would it be and why? And yes, this means you get to pick the replacement too. Aaron. Texas. Governor Chip Roy. Railroad Commissioner Joel Osteen. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Todd. Our current president with uh, any random person picked from the phone book per William F. Buckley. The William F. Buckley reference there. I like it. Tim, go ahead. Uh, the management at Redefine Coffee down the street, it doesn't take seven minutes to make a nice coffee. It takes 30 seconds. <laughs> you know, it's the little things, brother. Thank you for reminding us of that. We appreciate it. We're always thinking existential here, and Tim is back here to remind us. It's You live minute by minute, brother. You live minute clo- by minute. He closed with no. Unacceptable. <laughs> yes. All right, let's go with predictions to close us out. There Todd. Will... Oh, Aaron, sorry. I looked at you. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, That's all right. Uh, so there will be an all-out push by the mainstream media and some in Congress to rid themselves of the Hunter Biden story and maybe Hunter Biden himself before the midterms. Hmm. Hunter Biden didn't kill himself. Is that what you're saying? Something like that. Okay. Todd. Uh, It's summer's end when we weigh in measures this thing. Uh, Disney's uh, Disney World uh, property profits and its movie. It will all be noticeably down. And I'm talking Doctor Strange, all that stuff. It's all going to suffer because of what they're doing right now. Hmm. Tim. I will have a successful new bourbon podcast starting in May. I like that. I like, again, way to work in (laughs) self-promotion. You know, this audience, they they tune in here. They're used to hearing it. So I like it. I like it. Here is my prediction is that Warner Brothers is going to end up restoring the Snyderverse. That is my prediction. And that that's one of the main reasons that the Flash was pushed back. I think the old management intended just to move on from that. But it's, I think, still the most popular thing HBO Max has ever had is when they put Zack Snyder's Justice League out there. It won the Shout or the Cheer Award at the Academy Awards last week, which is their version of a People's Choice that's all voted online. It beat Spider-Man for that award. And I think that's why Flash was pushed back, was to rework it. uh, And now it's not going to be uh, completely set aside or a hard reboot of the uh, DCEU. I think you're going to see some form of restoration of the Snyderverse. That's my prediction. That's that's interesting. It's challenging because Wonder Woman and Superman actors aren't getting any younger. True. True. Tim, always good to see you, brother. Take care, all right? Thanks for having me. You bet. We'll come back. Feedback Friday coming your way next year on Blaze TV radio and podcast. It'll be your turn to determine what we're talking about right after this. Back here with hour number two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here. 
with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, all of you. I want to thank our friend Tim Young for joining us here for the Dace Group just an hour ago. Don't forget to let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Like us, Steve Dace on Facebook, MeWe Parlor and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Getter and Twitter. And then you can email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. And we're going to get to some of your uh, stuff that you've sent us uh, feedback into the uh, inbox here in a moment. You can also get clips of the show that are free to watch and free of censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And then for those of you that listen on the podcast, thank you for being a huge part of our audience. Please leave us a five-star review if you like us. Hit subscribe or follow too. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. And it's good to have back Built Bar. Although they took a little break from the show, but they they poorly timed it. They timed their break from the show right when they came out with a Shamrock Shake flavor. And if there was ever a time just to absolutely watch me lose my mind over how much I love Built Bars... It's when they combined one of my favorite desserts of the year into Bilt Bar as a flavor with Shamrock Shake. So I don't know if those are still available or not, but they were spectacular. I just had during the break the number two rated flavor in my Bilt Bar Power Ratings, Coconut Brownie Chunk. Absolutely incredible. It's the best protein bar you have ever had. Loaded with flavor, covered in real chocolate, so many great flavors. Packed with protein, you know what it's not packed and loaded with? Calories, carbs, and sugars. You can't beat it. It's the healthiest snack, meal replacement, protein supplement, whatever you want to use it for. It is all of the above, and you can get 15% off right now when you use my last name, Dace, D-E-A-C-E, as your promo code at Built.com, B-U-I-L-T, Built.com for Built Bar. Use the promo code Dace to get 15% off. All right, are we ready for some feedback Friday? Indeed. By the way, is, is is just like when the guys at Black Mirror decided they couldn't do another season because what was going on with COVID in the world at the time just made it too challenging mm-hmm. and, and really too real to try to, you know, out-guess reality? Don't you feel that way now about April Fool's Day? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> like, the, the if you want to really stump us, like put a whole bunch of things out there that are like, are, that are like idyllic. And hopeful and wholesome. And then you're like, wait a minute. Is this real? Okay. But you, you want an example of that? Sure. Last year, Barstool Sports came out with an article on April Fool's Day saying that uh, the Major League Baseball, in an effort to speed up and make the game more interesting, was going to be placing targets in the outfield. And if uh, a team that was down by four or more runs hit a home run and it hit one of the targets, the home <laughs> run was automatically worth five runs. And I actually bought that for a little bit because I could totally see baseball doing some gimmicky. Getting that level of gimmick? Like that. Yeah. Think they'd go that far? Baseball? Yeah. We're talking about it, robot umpires, so yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, does that sound stupid? Yes, they'd go that far. I'm, I'm, I was watching a video on YouTube last night, by the way. Someone had put together top 50 moments of the last, uh, I think it was 40 years for the Detroit Tigers. It's a lot of good memories, man, of my childhood watching that stuff. I saw some videos this morning. I tweeted out one of them of the uh, baseball bunch with Johnny Bench. Remember oh, that show? What a great show! I never missed an episode of that show, man. Every week. That and this week in baseball. Yeah, the oh, twin notes. And it just, you know, 
hey man there were literal porn theaters like movie theaters when we were kids let's not let's not make it look as if we grew up in some, you know, oh, there's always been Eisenhower yeah. era of, you know, American yeah. idealism. We did not. But there was no zealous desire to to poison or destroy the kids that we have today. You know what I'm saying? Or the nation. Yeah. <clears throat> there just there wasn't there was a recognition that it was a uni- there was still a uniform recognition that it was good to protect the innocence and the idealism of the youth. And I think of all the things we've lost as a people in this last generation, that that might be the most sickening. Because when, when you don't care anymore about your progeny surpassing you, bettering you, having it better than you, there's nothing that you want to protect them from or pass on to them. And then worse, you now view them as um, program, programmable disciples. Um, that they are to be molded and shaped not to be better than you or to surpass you or to carry on your legacy, but to mimic you even as an adult to affirm and validate you. That's just some demonic, hella evil stuff right there, man. It is. I, what, what, would the kids today, if they put a show like the baseball bunch on? Oh, no. And go grab a guy who was a great player and retired like, you know, 10, 15 years ago. White, black, Hispanic. A lot of the great players are Hispanic. Like Miguel Cabrera, arguably the greatest player of this generation. He's certainly in the top five or six list, right? Okay. He retires after this season and and they start the baseball bunch with Miguel Cabrera. Would there be more of an audience for that in California and New York or the Dominican Republic? The Dominican. I agree. I, I'm not, I think we're getting to the point that our children aren't even sure how to receive a show with that level of innocence and wholesomeness. It would just seem hokey and... Cheesy and tacky, not realistic. You know what I'm saying? Like the Lawrence Welk show to yeah. us or something. Yeah. yeah. To us, man, we thought it was prophetic. We hung on every word. We just it was so cool to actually see our heroes down at our level. Yeah. yeah. yeah and be able to relate to them, you know? It's well, just, and those guys felt a duty yeah. to do that. That's the other thing about this. How many people feel a duty to anything other than themselves? That's a great point. I mean, the first big interview I ever scored in my career. When, and, and remember, I started in sports talk radio. The first big interview I ever scored, I was, I think, about a month or two into my first solo show in sports radio. And the Baltimore Orioles, this was in, uh, I think, 2000. The Baltimore Orioles were uh, over in Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium. Uh, it was Cal Ripken's last year. And he was injured. And yet, despite the fact he was injured and on the DL, he still traveled with the team because it was his goodbye tour. He wanted to see and thank as many fans as possible. Drove over to Kaufman to get there early enough, you know, for BP and stuff. And he agreed to give me a one-on-one interview. I mean, I'm just a 400-pound schmuck from, you know, Des Moines, Iowa. He doesn't know me from Adam, okay? But I still have a picture of that hanging in my man cave at my house. That's the first major interview I ever scored in my career. And it was from an injured hall of famer who wasn't even going to play in the game, but just felt like he had a duty as an ambassador for the game to, to, you know, still be there to, 
spread the message and you know of of baseball and why it's important to the fabric mm-hmm. of America. That just seems like a doesn't that seem like another Earth? Yes. Yes, it was just proven. I th- I think. Listen, I know it's hard to turn down the money and all that, but I think it's hard right here in the Big Ten. Uh, three sophomores that are absolutely capable: Jaden Ivy, uh, your guy uh, Keegan Murray, and my guy uh, Johnny Davis. Mm-hmm. All after uh, disappointing in their tournament, left, followed the money, and go. I don't think there's even a consideration. Like my my work isn't done here. I only get to do this once. The money's always going to be there. And and I'm not saying they're criminal or enemy. Like, good luck, guys, all of you. But I don't think, I think in our generation, even though the rules were different, but the rules were different for because they're, they thought differently about life, mm-hmm. too. You're. I think you're right. You want some good news? Michigan is going to charge even kids a hundred bucks to get an autograph with a Michigan football player as part of the NIL tomorrow at the spring game. I mean, see, I'm not like you would, you would have felt like a total jerk for doing that in our day because you were a total jerk. Yeah, you know what you would have felt like a douche? Yeah. Because, because you, it's douchey. Yeah. That's why you would have felt like a douche. Not like, yeah. See this, I told you about name image and I told you, man, this is not, it's not good. It is uh, it is absolutely warping reality. You're so damn lucky, so lucky to be given a scholarship to play D1 college sports and everybody and people are acting like uh it's the world that just owes them. Let's get to the emails. Let's start with Todd Pounds who asks, I've heard you make the distinction on your show between total depravity and utter depravity. Could you explain that a little more? Sure. Total depravity means you are irreconcilably so. You're irreconcilably depraved. You cannot singularly reconcile your relationship to God. Um, the, 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 The nature you have desires sin. God cannot coexist with sin. So therefore you can't redeem that relationship on your own. God has to do that for you. That's what total depravity means. Utter depravity means you're irredeemably. So that you are given over your, to your own depraved mind that it's not a, it's not a nature you struggle with. Um, and and parts of your life you're not you're you're not proud of um know that you are utterly depraved means you are now the mob outside of lot's house your your sin nature cannot be satiated and you have been given over by that same the same god who says that you are irreconcilably depraved, meaning I'm the one that has to initiate with you because you can't initiate with me is the same one that then declares you are irredeemably depraved. You're utterly depraved. And you're that way. That's a judgment. You're given over to that. That's what Romans one describes. That's how I would define the distinction. Any thoughts on that? I think that's really clear. The Catholic says it's clear. Uh, I think that's, Pretty clear. There you go. All right. Uh, next, 
Christy writes, are we witnessing the transition? I think this is a fascinating premise. So I, I'm anxious to see what you guys think of this. Are we witnessing the transition from nation states to corporate power? Several of the largest companies are bigger than most countries, far more efficient and with fewer obligations, either to their population or debt. Any democratic, meaning small d, okay, as in the voting process, any democratic politician fears the power of the media and big tech. It is too late now to control their power via legislation or to bust them up. China is the only country with pervasive or persuasive control over these companies, but I expected China to move against Taiwan, and they haven't. China may blink with the prospect of the media-slash-corporate-slash-banking onslaught that Putin is now facing. Which begs the question, is global power tipping into the hands of corporations that control politicians rather than fear them? They don't need to bomb a country back into the Stone Age. They just turn off the power, the internet, the banking, their access to markets, etc. Well, it's happening, but it's not a new thing. That tension was there uh, back at the turn of the 19th into the 20th century with industrialization, uh, with uh, the robber barons, uh, with monopolies, you know, Teddy Roosevelt and trust busting. That's always uh, been there. And it's a, it's a natural, I mean, this, this is, dovetails pretty nicely with this is uh, w- with uh, what Steve just got done talking about, about the difference between the two levels of depravity. What I just described is is the, f- the first level. There's inherent brokenness and sorting out, and it's kind of a, a, f- a free market thing of sorts. But now, because we are untethered, not just uh, in America, but across the globe, and this is what China, I think, realized, and other countries in wanting a piece of that too— but if you're not tethered to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, you 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 will ultimately get to the utterly depraved version of this, and that's where we are now. So it's not a new thing that corporations are they are they are they too big? That, that, that we've been dealing with that for more than a hundred years in America, uh, and you can catalog it all in our history books. But now is this a, this amoralizing, which is a lie uh, that many, many people have told itself. So this is a, a version of it is I'm fiscally conservative, but uh, morally liberal. Things like that. that uh, and Scott, it's funny, I overheard you talking about Scott Walker uh, off the air, Steve. But, you know, Scott Walker ultimately fell in that pit. What, what he was, everybody thought he was super brave and taking a stand on uh, uh, on beating the unions. But ultimately, this was a guy who just was like an accountant at heart and he couldn't stand a, a spreadsheet that didn't balance out. But when he stands, moral stands, he couldn't really do it. And that's the problem. Corporations absolutely will take over in the way you're talking about, uh, untethered from any morality. If nations founded in a morality... Are robust there will be a tension but it won't be a breaking point i think this is correct which is why which is why you saw especially during covid an increase in tyrannical behavior across especially across the west the larger a system becomes like multinational corporations the more vulnerable and the more fragile it becomes 
And so in order to compensate for the fragility of said system, you must clamp down on the users or those who are uh, within that system. So that's a preliminary look at, you know, why we why we saw what we saw. I think this is in terms of end time stuff. Well, what's easier to divvy up countries and territories or power amongst corporations? You just said it yourself. Very efficient at running things. Something that uh, something to think about there. It's also, you guys are both right on the money. This is also, by the way, not new in Western history. It's happened before. Uh, There is, remember, the enemy just plays the hits. There's nothing new under the sun. There's just new people Mm -hmm. under the sun who have yet to see or hear this, hear this yet. If you go back to um, the the, the era leading up to the Protestant Reformation, for example, um, you had the Medici family. And you had other, you know, there were other, they were the most uh, renowned, historically renowned uh, version of this. But there were financial families or houses that transcended nation states and yeah. things of that nature um, to accumulate great power. And if you look at what happened with the Medicis, I mean, it lasted for over three centuries or going on three centuries. Then finally, the family just ended up self-immolating with its own, you know, uh, debauchery. But they wielded an awful lot of power yeah. uh, in in, West, in Western civilization go for uh, nearly three centuries until that moment, including uh, influence over the papacy. It is thought that um, the, the 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 pope that they essentially installed is who is is probably who um, Machiavelli based uh, the book The Prince off of, which is not a flattering portrayal, by the way, of of leadership, but a pretty cunning and um, utilitarian one. Um, if you look, if you go pre Middle Ages to the medieval age. Uh, then you're looking at feudalism, right? So the idea that your economic standing is what provided you political power and influence. How many, how much land did you own? How many people did you, do you subjugate within that land so that your economic status transcended what were the political moods of the time that there were certain times within feudal, uh, the history of feudalism that those Lords of the manor told the King what time it was, because if you weren't doing, I mean, they, they propped up the King. So uneasy lies the head, which wears the crown. Maybe you're the one wearing the crown, but you're not really the one here that is calling the shots. Right? So this has happened in the West before. Mm -hmm. This is not new. And if you look at the eras, it's not a coincidence that the families like the Medicis flourished during a time that um, the Catholic Church largely self-immolated its influence over Western civilization, which it founded. And then you had the Protestant Reformation come along and kind of reboot Western civilization. And a lot of these notions of, of where power comes from kind of lost favor heading into the colonial era. Similarly, you go to the medieval uh, ages and you're coming out of the dark ages where again, what's my point? When the biblical worldview is lost, when it no longer holds majority sway over a culture, I don't care if we're talking white people in Western Europe or we're talking brown Bedouins in the lands that Muhammad conquered. All right. Underneath whatever pigment skin uh, we, uh, pigmentation we have, we are sinners. 
And without recognition of that, and then understanding of where we go in order to have what has broken us fixed, we think we can fix ourselves. And when we, one of the things we, we typically do is we start fixing ourselves other people's fixings, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that, this is not new. This is not new. It's just new to us. And I think one of the struggles we're having as Americans is we were, we were birthed as a civilization that tried from the beginning to learn from all of these mistakes from history. It, we've, we fashioned a constitution and a form of government with checks and balances and everything else was done. Oh yeah, the Magna Carta is just not good enough for the king to say liberty by law. How about our rights come from God? So we don't actually get rights from the king. We got to go, we got to... We got to come off the top rope. See, everything was done as an answer to the mistakes Western history had made. And so we have, we were born into this, into this system that was a response to over a thousand years of cultural mistakes made in Western civilization. And so this is all brand new to us because we don't, we didn't live in the eras where these sorts of mistakes were made in the past. And I think that um, you're going to learn that those who have not learned from history are doomed to repeat it. That today's progressives are really yesterday's pagans. We're, we're regressive. We're, we're going back to a pre-Christendom, pre-which would the Christendom that the Catholic Church created. Pre-Reformation. That the Protestant Reformation, when it was about to sink into corruption, rebo- rebooted. We're going into a pre historical understanding of the world between those two time periods. And so it's going to get darker without revival. That's why I keep saying it's revival or bust. These are all manifestations of what you think human nature is and who you think human nature is ultimately accountable to. Excellent observation, Christy. Let's go some good news. This is from Mark Clifford. My dad recently had a massive heart attack. My mom rushed him to the Oklahoma Heart Hospital where they determined he needed an immediate heart cath to remove a completely obstructed artery on his heart. I heard things from my dad I never wanted to hear. I have a life insurance policy. All of my passwords are on a private contact. Take care of your mom. He told me, I love you, son, and then they took him back. At that point, my mom and I began informing a a small army to pray. My mom and I had only been to the waiting room for 10 minutes when we heard the words code blue in cath lab three. I didn't know what room my dad was in, but I knew that he was dead. About 50 minutes later, they brought us back to consult with the doctor. He looked beaten up. I knew what he was going to say, but I was wrong. He said the procedure was complete. My dad was stable, but they did lose him for a bit. He was the code blue. The doctor still did not seem optimistic. He mentioned they were unsure if my dad would resume normal brain activity. We were ushered back out. My sisters with my mom and I at this point, we were being given post-op instructions when a surgical nurse came out and hurried us back into the operating room. My dad had regained consciousness for a time, wiggled his toes, nodded his head, responded to verbal cues. The staff stood stunned as we loved on my now sedated dad. They were just stunned. Then on Sunday, my dad woke up. He called for my mom. They spoke to each other for the first time. He informed my mother that he had been in dead, had been indeed dead on the table with no heartbeat for 45 minutes. That's right, for 45 minutes. A cardiologist friend of ours said there is no heart that should beat again after stopping for 45 minutes unless God does it. 
Steve, you've mentioned several times this year about our God being the God of death to life. You've mentioned Jesus has dominion in heaven and earth. I am witness to to this being literally true. My dad was dead. Now he's alive. Jesus said, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. I cannot count myself among those people any longer. I have seen resurrection with my own eyes. Aslan is on the move. He is not tame, but he is good. Let's find out. Amen. Now, let me say this for those that. Let's keep it real. First of all, Mark, incredible, incredible story, testimony for your family. And I would imagine here in a couple of weeks, this Easter is going to carry a little extra special meaning to your family, given what you just as a family have gone through. So praise God for that. But let's keep it real here. How many families do you think have done this exact same thing? But the loved one never right. walked out of the walked out of the hospital. So does that mean God didn't hear your prayer? Does that mean God likes the Clifford family more than you? Of course not. Here's what I think it means. This world is not our ultimate home. We already don't live here forever, right? Everything still dies, right? So I know it's hard to understand and to contemplate in our finite minds. But from a biblical worldview, death is really the first step to real life. The death that you put to your sinful nature when you get converted And then the death of your physical body in order to now live with your creator for all of eternity. That's real life in the biblical worldview. It's not that God could not answer all of these prayers. So all of your loved ones, every time we have this prayer, and who knows, maybe someday I'll be the dad in there with my kids praying and I don't come out of the hospital. Who knows? But could God answer every single one of these? Absolutely he could. But we're all still going to die because of a sinful world that we live in, the sinful creation we live in. This is meant to be temporary. And I think that God grants individual moments like this, not because he favors one family or one person over another, but as strategic reminders that he alone holds the keys to life and death. And that he can be trusted both in this life and the next. So, I hesitated to share this story. It stayed here on my page for several weeks because I just have gotten so many notes from people, particularly with what's gone on with COVID and the denial of treatments and the jabs and what they're doing to people. And I just didn't want to seem insensitive to all those people that have emailed us and where was our justice? Where was our miracle? We didn't get it. 
God loves you too much to leave you for too long in this wretched, fallen, sinful world. This world is not our home. That doesn't mean the Clifford family shouldn't absolutely rejoice that they have more time with their father. But something tells me, if he's the kind of dad that it seems like he is, that Mark is describing here, that he recognizes that the real goal is that we, we, we are together forever in a place where there is no time. Does that make sense? Mm, yes, At least not time as we understand it. So now that we're getting closer to Easter, I decided to go ahead and share this story. I think it's more timely. But if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're upset and you're disappointed, you're dejected that you didn't get your miracle, yes, you did. That's what Easter is about. You got your miracle. Jesus walked out of the tomb. And now in him, your loved one walks out of theirs. But what a very powerful story and glimpse, Mark, that you supplied us of God showing his power to a world that's not, frankly, worthy of it. Are you ready for the next time that can never happen here? Happens here president of the United States already talking about food shortages. Who knows where we are headed in the future. But just in case we're headed to places that are usually depicted in history books, make sure you're ready with our friends over at My Patriot Supply. They specialize in long-term emergency food storage. And right now, uh, all their kits are in stock. Uh, ready to go, uh, each with a wide variety of delicious meals you can rely on when your local grocery runs out of food. Don't pass up this chance for the backup food that you may very well need. You can even get free shipping on your order, which will arrive discreetly in unmarked boxes with proper storage. It's good for up to 25 years. Three square meals a day, plus drinks and snacks for you and everybody in your household right now. When you go to MyPatriotSupply.com or PrepareWithDace.com. Again, PrepareWithDace.com. That's the place to go for My Patriot Supply. PrepareWithDace.com. Also want to mention, so after today's show, and we do this after every one of our broadcasts, we're going to be recording an overtime that we do exclusively for Blaze TV subscribers. We do all kinds of, uh, across the platform, all kinds of exclusive content all for all the time uh, for uh, Blaze TV subscribers. And with the way that social media censorship goes, how much um, I, I had a good buddy of mine. You guys heard me talking to him on the way in. And... And I remember I gave Trump the recommendation to hire this guy. Said, hey, if you're really serious about running for president in Iowa, show me, hire this guy. And he did. And didn't pay him uh, an insignificant amount of money either because he's the best grassroots organizer in our state. And him and I were talking today uh, on my drive-in. And um, he was mentioning to me, 
man, I, I think I'm on every RSS feed and list I can find. I, I still sometimes go weeks without seeing your content. And then someone will send something to me and I'm like, that's great stuff. And then I'll be like, why haven't I seen this the last few weeks? Uh, I saw this actually myself just the other day. I saw a tweet in my feed from Lisa Marie Booth. Oh, yeah. It's the first tweet in my feed from her I'd seen in like three or four weeks. Same thing happened to me with Michael Knowles a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, it just popped into my feed and I'm like, wow, has she been sick or has Lisa been, you know, on So I went and looked at her feed and she's been tweeting the whole time. This is the first one of her tweets I'd seen in like three or four weeks. And so I've got this buddy of mine um, that uh, was telling me about this on the phone today. The only sure way that you know you can get our content is to get it directly from us. Relying on third parties, or I saw a link on Facebook. Now, Facebook is claiming I have 135,000 followers, and a lot of those posts don't get more than like 100 shares. They just don't want you to see, because I'm not compromising, and we're not doing that here either uh, as a platform. So they don't, they don't want you to see this stuff. They don't want you to know what we're telling you. They don't want you to know that ivermectin saves lives. So they figured out that instead of just outright banning us all the time, which draws much higher backlash, just throttle your ability for other people to see it. One way to make sure, the best way to make sure, is just to get it directly from us. Today only. 20% off discount if you go to blazetv.com and subscribe and use the promo code DACE20. This is the biggest discount code happening on the entire platform today, right now. 20% off to make sure nothing's filtered, nothing's edited, and you get it from us directly every single day. BlazeTV.com and use the promo code DACE20 to get 20% off. That's the biggest discount that is being offered anywhere on our platform, on our network today. BlazeTV.com, DACE20. All right, let's get back here to some Feedback Friday. Uh, Tim in Ohio wants to know, do you guys think you're a little hard on Deshaun Watson, his new quarterback there with the Browns, considering there's not one iota of actual evidence presented so far, accusations only. I have three issues. Our legal system says innocent until proven guilty. I know that applies mostly to criminal cases. However, the American approach has always been the presumption of innocence. Number two, is the Christian point of view to assume guilt and then disparage someone whose situation you are not really familiar with? Number three, you made little to no mention of the fact that his character had been widely respected around the league until these that's, accusations that's surfaced. False. That's false. I think I explicitly said, I loved, I've loved the guy. I love yep. his story. I'm a huge fan. I mean, I, I even addressed his charitable work. That's just not true. Uh, but the other two are interesting points. Uh, I believe you guys have fallen into the believe all women and me too mindsets, which are poison. <laughs> nice, Aaron. Do you think it's possible there may have been an incident and some lawyer then recruited others to join in after seeing dollar signs? 18 of the 22 accusers want to settle. Four don't. That's the only reason the suit is still alive. I don't know. And neither do you. That's Tim in Ohio. So... I'll answer first, then you guys can answer if you want. Is it possible, Tim, that everything you're saying is true? Yes. But remember when I made my case for why I would not have made this trade? I, I looked at this holistically. I don't know what's true. Here's what I know is true. There have been now two grand juries that have looked at this, and neither one of them decided to come forward with an indictment. That I know is true. 
I don't know what they looked at. I don't know what witnesses they heard or didn't. I don't know what evidence was or was not presented. This is often compared to the Ben Roethlisberger case. Here's what I know about that case. Roethlisberger was not charged, but the DA in the case in Georgia, remember, made a very powerful statement at the time about how he thought Ben Roethlisberger likely was guilty of what had happened here, but given the amount of evidence in his celebrity, didn't think he could get a conviction and didn't want to put the defendant through the, the, the case all over again. I'm sorry, the victim through the case all over again if there wasn't a higher likelihood of conviction. And then after this event, Roethlisberger, you know, has a spiritual conversion and gets married and has a family. So something happened at that in that in that bathroom at that bar in Georgia that off season, whether it was a rape or Ben Roethlisberger realized, man, the lifestyle I'm living, well, that was a near death experience. I got something caused him to rededicate his life. In fact, I think in retirement, that's what him and his wife are doing now. It's like a Christian camp for kids. I think that's what they're going to do. Okay, so an event occurred there. That caught that after there, there's what the way Ben Roethlisberger was living until that event, and then there's the way he's lived ever since. Something happened there that caused him to re look at himself. In this case, we've not seen either of the two DAs that brought this to a grand jury make these kinds of statements about who they really think Deshaun Watson is. In fact, they've often been very quiet. We don't know what's been said. We also know this: he's he's had a, an ACL tear on each of his knees, each of them. And mobility is a huge part of his game. It, 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 it's hard to be a quarterback as good as he is and then have a team that sucked as bad as it did the last year that he was there. That's not easy to do. Okay, but, you know, I saw this some years with Matt Stafford and the Lions, too, so I'll cut him some slack there. But three first-round draft picks, 200-and-something million guaranteed, which means you've got to put that money in an escrow account right now. You don't know when he will get to play this year. He may not even get to play this year. The league may step in and suspend him anyway. You don't know that. And now we throw in, we don't know what the ultimate outcome of these lawsuits is or are. Um, My argument was, when you look at the whole picture, his health, the uncertainty of his availability, because here's why it matters that he can play a lot this year. Your roster there in Cleveland is ready to win now. And in today's salary cap, you don't have a ready-to-win roster for four years. You don't have that. By, by By the time the 2024 season rolls around, many of the guys that you are counting on on your team right now will be on other people's teams or retired. That's just the nature of the NFL. One third of rosters minimum turnover in every team in the league. So if if you're a win now team and you're not sure how, if any games he'll be able to play this year, now you're giving him guaranteed money. Now you gave away the the next two drafts. Oh, he also has had two serious knee injuries and on each of the knees. I don't know, man, that just seemed like a lot of baggage to absorb for, for, staking your entire franchise on this. That was the case I think I made on this last week, right? Or something akin to yep. that? And that's my case now. Your thoughts? My case is more simple. If he's, if he's not guilty of uh, a single a crime, what he is guilty of being a, a roving fan of massage parlors and being very sloppy and stupid while doing so. So, yeah, you you, you deserve to have... Uh, not have the carp red carpet rolled out for you which happened anyways i mean honestly this this guy it, he's he's getting away with 
not literal murder, but to use the phrase, most people who make this mistake lose a lot. And this guy's not going to lose anything. So I'm just like, why are we giving, forget the crime. I mean, yeah, so if you, if you know about how we talked about this, you're a fan of this show. We, 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 we hardly ever talk about true crime where we talk about what is right and wrong. This guy has been lazy and stupid and not deserving of good things happening to him because of it. So I think it'd be a good time to rehash kind of one of the things that I said and how I looked at this case. I compared it to the late apologist Ravi Zacharias in his case, and I gave him obviously tons of benefit of the doubt. I gave I gave him and Deshaun Watson actually kind of the same benefit of the doubt too. I didn't say a damn thing, and I haven't said a damn thing in, until the last week or so publicly or at all about Deshaun Watson. I didn't say anything about uh, Ravi Zacharias until the ministry itself confirmed that the allegations of him basically doing the same thing that Deshaun Watson is accused of with a little uh, spiritual abuse uh, sprinkled in as well until they confirmed that that was true. I'm just saying, be really, really careful. Be really, really careful. Um, Both ways, yes, but assuming... Uh, assuming the best or the worst of people. I don't think we, I don't think we went, I don't think we went to either ditch at all um, in, in the way we laid out our case. If we were the general manager and putting morality aside uh, and morals aside of, of your players, you know, why we would not want to have them on the team. You know, you can give people benefit of the doubt. Uh, that doesn't mean it's necessarily tr- what what is your motivation for doing that i guess i would say so with the ravi zacharias case there's a lot of smoke but i thought well yeah we are in the era of me too this could be a coordinated hit job to take down one of the one of the planet's premier defenders of the christian faith no it ended up ended up that he was guilty of basically everything he was accused of um, if it can happen to Ravi Zacharias, you think it can happen to, to Deshaun Watson? I, I shouldn't say could happen to. That makes it sound like they're out of control and that they're a victim. If Ravi Zachari- Zacharias is capable of this, do you think Deshaun Watson is? Yeah, but he could also be he could also be uh, falsely accused as well. So as you said in your email, you don't know either. So be careful casting stones. All right, let's go back to the emails. In fact, you know, before we do that, let me remind you about our friends over at Real Estate Agents I Trust. If you want to get involved in the real estate market during these unprecedented times, make sure you do so with an agent that you can trust with a fully verified track record of success who also will come in, take charge of your situation, but then remembers really, hey, I'm working for you. I mean, you're the one that's really in charge. This may sound too good to be true, right? Nope, not if you head to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a business started by Glenn Beck and his friends because, now why would you start a business about real estate agents you could trust? Well, because you ran into real estate agents, you found out you couldn't. Don't let that happen to you just about anywhere you want to move to or from here. We can help you find one at realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, realestateagentsitrust.com. Ben says, a while back, you guys discussed a poll that asked if Americans would stay and fight if the country was invaded. I've wrestled with your discussion of that poll. The question I keep asking myself is, what would I be fighting for if I'm fighting to preserve freedom for my three boys? I'm in. 
But in reality, would I just be fighting over whether my tyrant will speak English or Chinese? That's where I'm at. Um, Will my family be better served if I fight or if I stay and focus on protecting them? In my mind, the only reason a person would stay and fight is if he still had a reasonable belief that freedom was still possible. Right now, we still have some freedoms, but what if we're invaded after the digital dollar has been implemented and I'm no longer allowed to to subscribe to places like The Blaze? At that point, who am I fighting for? Tell me if I'm thinking about it the wrong way. You're not. Moving along. Uh, As we enter into the COVID stand off ramp, I'm continually searching and wondering, how can I have my usual interactions and relationships with my families and friend members or family members and friends who were against me and my choices all this time to not give in and get the jab? I am searching for how Jesus would have done it. Because he and he is continually setting the bar high that I'm not even sure where to begin following in the oath uh, in which he would handle this. Well, you have to start from a place of forgiveness. Can't carry a grudge, can't carry an axe, can't be looking for justification. You have to start from a place of forgiveness. It starts there. But forgiveness is not the same as naivete. You can forgive an abusive spouse or boyfriend. That doesn't mean, though, because you've forgiven them, you should, without st- you know, substantial proof that they are repentant and reformed, put yourself in a position to be vulnerable with them anytime soon. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not angry, sinfully, you're not carrying a, you're not looking for vengeance, you're not carrying a, you know, an axe to grind, you're not, but, but you're not an idiot either. Your conscience is clear. So I would start there, Bethany and everybody else wrestling with this, I'd start from a place of forgiveness so that your conscience is clear. Forgive as you were forgiven. But until you see repentance from those family members and friends, and a willingness to be a little more self-aware about your positions, I would not be as anxious to retrust again at the same time. Any thoughts on that? You, just like you uh, wear a t-shirt, and Steve, you wore your, let's go Brandon. Mm -hmm. Assuming that's not sinful, then having that mindset going into these relationships, you know, have some fun with it. I mean, not mean, but... You know, just a reminder of the state of things. Right. I mean, you can call them muggles. I'm a pure blood. I didn't let them poison me. I mean, stuff like that, right? Is that kind of what you're talking about? (laughs) Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you again on Monday, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.